0: Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens Podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel, I'm Katie, and we're your hosts. This week we watched the LEGO movie, directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller and released in 2014. A plot summary of the LEGO movie. Emmet, an ordinary, rules-following, perfectly average LEGO minifigure, finds a relic and is mistakenly identified as the most extraordinary person extraordinary? As the most extraordinary person and the key to saving the world. He is drafted into a fellowship of strangers on an epic quest to stop an evil tyrant, a journey for which Emmett is underprepared.
1: I don't know if they're a fellowship of strangers. They're all strangers to him, but they all know each other.
0: Anyway, the strangers <laughs> to him might, might be the implication. I don't okay. know. I just got the
1: synopsis off Google because it was better than the one on I didn't, IMDb. I wasn't trying to blame you. It's uh, okay. okay. Cool. Um, so mm. Lego movie um, hmm. was, I thought, I really, really like the message of the Lego movie. Mm, A me lot. Too. Me too. Um, Which is about um creativity and all that sort of thing. But it's also kind of about co-opting kids' spaces and kids' toys, which is like because geek culture has become really big. I was going to actually bring this up later. I was going to make us talk about plot and stuff first. But because geekiness and, and geek culture and all that sort of stuff has come, become really big and it's become less shameful to be into what you're into, it means that things that we used to be – like, kids' toys and kids' things have been more enjoyed by adults as well. Mm-hmm. Which is okay, as long as adults don't take it over. Yeah. But, like, this movie had um, had the adult taking over from the kid and, like, trying to, you know, have it all for himself and, and not let the kid be involved in kid things. Yep. And uh, it was really interesting. I liked that a lot.
0: I thought that was interesting, too, because we're sitting – recording this in my husband's office which is full of toys and indeed lego some of which i built and some of which he built and he has this theory that when we have kids he's not he's got he's gonna have his lego and there's
1: gonna be the kids lego and there'd be different things and this is dad's lego and- yeah but that's what they do in the movie but then the kids Lego yeah. is all like old, not nice stuff yeah. and all, the dad gets all the good stuff mm-hmm. and he has loads of it exactly and, so it's really really and it is it's in, it's like he doesn't realize what he's doing but it he's hampering all of his kids creativity yes and he is he's taking over the kids space yeah yeah and the kids freedom and and yeah, so i and i'm i
0: totally agree with you i thought that was a really good message because there are st- the reason this lego movie has done so well is because there's so many adults who are fans of it it's not just kids like i happened to go to a screening which was full of kids and the kids really enjoyed it and mm. the kids love playing with lego and that's all good but the reason it was able to happen is because Lego has become a cool geek thing now, mm. uh, yeah, and I thought that was interesting too, and of course the the other main message in the movie, which is about not always following
1: instructions, not conforming, being creative, walking to the beat of your own drama <laughs> like that's, um, just great. my friend said that it was a very Scandinavian message about creativity within limits, yes, well, but that's... i didn't think it was so much creativity within limits as like because the creativity within limits thing was more that um. They were being creative, but they were being creative in their own little worlds, all Mm. of the master builders, and they weren't working together. They had too many ideas and they just sort of threw it all at one thing and it didn't work. And it was more like shaping and guiding their creativity to make it something that was like that helped everybody.
0: Well, that's kind of a good message for life is that some people are really creative and that is really fantastic and they should be allowed to harness their creativity. Not everyone is creative, but everyone has different strengths and sometimes you need to harness those strengths of organisation and coordination and working together, which are not necessarily the same as being creative, but they they all have their value.
1: Okay, but see, when it did the – like, because I was unspoiled for the fact that um, the Lego movie was not going to be entirely in Lego. Uh, oh, bugger. Which is spoilers – no, I was unspoiled. Oh, yeah, I was I unspoiled as well. Yeah, yeah. So when that happened, I was surprised. And I saw it as, I mean, because I'm a teacher, I suppose, I saw it as kind of a message of, like, of embracing kids' creativity, especially once I found out about the kid thing. Mm. Um, I looked back on it and it was more about, less about um, everybody harnessing, using everybody's strengths and more about, like, channeling kids' creativity and being able to shape it without, like, without hampering it and destroying mm, it. Without micromanaging. And giving yeah, giving them the opportunity to do things and guiding them in the right direction. Like if we all work together and you do this and you do this, then maybe we can yeah. make something together. Yeah, that's, you know? nice. that's a nice message. Yeah. Hmm. Because, yeah, that was, that was just sort of something I got out of it, which mm. might not be everybody. And
0: I, yeah, I was too, I also was unspoiled about that. I didn't know that was going to happen. And I thought that was quite a nice
1: way of tying it all together. I like the, I I always like messages. I always like movies with the trope where it's all an imaginary world, but it's still real. Mm. In that sense, like the kid made it all up, but it's all still real. Yeah. Just because it's happening in your head doesn't make it any less real. Yes, exactly that exact thing. Yep. Um I always like those kinds of movies. Um and so mm-hmm. I I that was once it did that. I appreciated the whole movie about 100% more. Mm. Um because all the way through the movie there's these things like there's chickens but it's a kid going "bork bork bork" instead of chicken noises mm-hmm. or like they'll suddenly zoom out of a thing that's happening and it'll go "vroom vroom vroom", vroom or something while like a a, a car drives away mm. and Uh, When you're watching it, you don't know what's going on. But at the end of it, you suddenly realize, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, And it's written like a really creative, intelligent kid wrote it. All of the names are almost parodies of... Like Lord Business. Lord Business and Vitruvius. The Man Upstairs. And The Piece of Resistance. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was a great pun. Um, But things like that, which are... um, and and all the, you know, it's 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 written like a kid who w- watched a lot of fantasy movies and then took that home and decided to play it out with his Lego figures. Oh, my God.
0: Middle Zealand.
1: <laughs> Middle Zealand. Exactly. <laughs> that was a great joke.
0: The thing about this movie is, and I don't know if it's because we, were, we had to wait so long for it. It didn't come to Australia for two months, and that's mm. never a good sign. We always get movies on time nowadays, and waiting this long really put a lot of noses out of joint, especially mine. Uh, but something isn't sitting right with me about this, and something didn't sit right with me about the whole movie through the whole thing, and I didn't find myself falling in love with it the way everyone else seems to have. I liked it.
1: I thought it was fun. thought it was clever. thought it was well put together. Didn't love it. See, okay, what I think is, I think this was actually a movie made for kids with a message snuck in there for adults. hmm And that's why I think, I, I think it's a really great kids' movie. Mm. Um, with some jokes that adults will get but kids also get. There's not a lot of jokes that will go over kids' heads. No, and there's I- a couple that are references but not too much like – That'll go over kids' heads. I think it's a movie made for kids, which makes me really happy and I like it a lot. That That is good. And, well, of course, it's made by
0: the guys who made Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which mm. we talked about a few weeks ago. It's being another really great kids' movie. And I actually had the privilege of watching this with an audience full of kids. Mm. And they really, really enjoyed it and stayed engaged with it. Probably it was a Saturday morning, so it was kids who aren't old enough to do sport yet. So the kids were, like, aging, ranging age from, like, preschool to about seven or eight. Uh and they really seem to enjoy it. They started to get bored probably just before, like, towards the end when the uh, live action stuff started. Mm. They started to get a bit bored. See,
1: that's the message for the adults. Yeah. And less for the kids. The yeah, kids' yeah. stuff is all the animation stuff. But they And the thing it. is, there's a whole bunch of Lego movies already out there for kids. Really? Right. There's there's heaps of them. Like, there's been- Like, like Barbie movies and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's there's movies like that. And so, um, the kids who went probably have all already seen Lego movies. Oh, so which is one of the reasons why this one is sort of aimed at the adults who are watching it too I think because they have to take them along to this one instead of just letting their kid watch the yeah the other one I, I it, it is a big franchise already
0: I don't know, it just something about it rubs me the wrong way I just got the feeling that I I felt it felt a bit cynically commercial to me i didn't really like as we discussed before before we saw it we just we, you and i both talked about the sexism in the trailer i didn't mm. like that in the movie mm. either because as discussed sexism in kids movies is almost worse than in movies for adults because the kids don't even know what's happening they just assume that's that's how it is so that sexism around how they treated um Wildstyle slash lucy that got to me the and the i think i was is,
1: angry because i had to wait so long she's the most three-dimensional character in the movie And yet she never rises above being a love interest. Yep. And that is so frustrating. It is like, I would have really liked a message where she ended up being the special or something, but it was, you know, everybody is the special. But Mm. it it would have been really good to see something where she wasn't just this fetishized kick-butt protector thing. Yeah. Uh, It was very frustrating. Um, And Unikitty is great. (laughs) Like, I really like that character, who's the only other female character in the movie and is not a person. Um, apart from Wonder Woman, who played by Kobe Smulders, but she gets two seconds yeah, of I time, know. nothing. And then, okay, the joke where she gets into handcuffs and then she goes, "Oh no!" It's kind of funny for a second when you know mm. if you know about Wonder Woman, yeah, because if Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman, loses her power when she gets handcuffed by a guy, it's pretty pathetic. But there you go. Mm. Um, and that means that she's out of action for the whole movie. And then they do this whole thing with Batman that's really funny, yeah, where they send him up. Without yeah. like making him weak, and I was like, why do they ever do that with the female characters? Mm. You know, why don't we ever get that? Yeah. Like, and then Benny, who was a really—he was the space guy. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> he was so great. Every time that anything happened, he would go, "Can I build a spaceship?" And then he can't, and he can't, and then he finally, he finally allowed and to build goes, a spaceship. Spaceship,
0: spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. And it kills and he's so excited and I loved it that bit. Played again by Charlie Day, who's your favourite from uh, Monsters University too.
1: Yeah. He's really yeah. good. He that um guy. he's also in um I think he's the one who's in He's in Pacific uh, Rim. Pacific Rim, yeah, with yeah, yeah. the tattoos.
0: And he's like the real one of the good parts of that movie too. Bishop. Yeah. And this is the thing, I had quite a lot of fun watching it and I laughed a lot, but that always this just the sexism of it really kind of stuck in the back of my head and bothered me and i just and i think because i'd already gone into this movie with a slightly bad taste about having to wait so long and then i ended up in a saturday morning session because the cinemas only opened up like kitty friendly session times for a long time and we wanted to pre-book tickets so we were in this kitty session which turned out to be fine and the kids really enjoyed it and that was great but i just had this bad taste hanging around me about this
1: movie i got i was so irritated every time you talked about that though the kid friendly, spe- friendly. Why do times? I? I don't want to go to a movie eleven o'clock on a Saturday. That. I get that, but like, that's the thing that was in this movie is that we should try to we should stop trying to take kid things away from them. Like we can enjoy it too. Yeah, but that's what but I mean. Like, why not leave them open for the kids to go to
0: and give like some adult but they sessions? Did. There were heaps of adult sessions. Not until not until right late in the
1: priest. Yeah, internet. but Dendy didn't even release. Did you go to Dendy? No, we they didn't even release place. their times till later. Hmm. Like they they released adult friendly times straight away. But yeah. It was just mm-hmm. complaining about a kid's movie having kid friendly times. They can't go see it well, at nine thirty at night or sure, whatever it is. They can't.
0: But it's it's that see, the reason they fed around with us and the reason we didn't get to see it for two months was because they were holding it off for school, school holidays. Holidays, yeah. Which is ridiculous. You don't Why? put a movie off for two months. You don't put a big blockbuster movie in this day and age off for two months that is asking for piracy. That's basically saying, we're not wor- Australia, you're not
1: worth our time in releasing this. You should just pirate it. That's what it's saying. It, um, no less cynical, but I think it was just so that they could get as much money as they could out of them during the holidays. I assume that's why they did it. Yes. But, no. And it's only asking for piracy from... The adult audiences, the kids are going yeah. to, st- the parents are still going to take their kids along to this movie in the holidays. Well,
0: and the thing is, this didn't actually, and we were kind of lucky with this one. Frozen, uh, in between when it was released in the States and when it was released here, really took off. And so I kind of knew half of Frozen before I even saw it. This one didn't take off in the same, it didn't become viral in the same way. So I was relatively unspoiled. I shouldn't, I don't know, I shouldn't whine too much. I'm
1: just, uh, I, the the whole movie just didn't quite work for me. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wasn't bothered by the fact that it didn't work that well for me, because I thought it was a really good kids' movie, apart from that sort of incessant uh, and insidious sexism that Mm -hmm. plagues all of these movies where it's about... And, okay, this is a really odd thing. The little boy looked Hispanic to me. Mm. Like, his dad was Will Ferrell, but i was assuming his mum was Hispanic. And they were also... They were doing Taco Tuesday... And the little boy looked, like when I first saw him, when I didn't see Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell and I didn't realize he was going to be the dad, I thought he was a Hispanic kid. I thought he was Jewish, but okay. That, that might be yeah. Maybe that's why. Because I was like, why is a little Hispanic kid imagining himself as like a white character? And then I got told off because all of them are yellow. And I'm like, yeah, well, all of them are yellow, but they're all white guys.
0: Right. Chris uh, Pratt did
1: the voice of that guy. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman was in there, and you know his little minifigure was brown. So right, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, because I'd seen a before this one.
0: There, we had a trailer for a really terrible-looking Adam Sandler movie came on beforehand, mm-hmm. and one of, and one of the kids in that movie, being one of Adam Sandler's kids, looked like the little Lego kid. Okay, so that's why I just thought he was. I thought he was Jewish, but it, still, it doesn't matter. He he looked slightly more ethnically diverse than Will Ferrell with his red hair and his extreme or, whiteness. Or then
1: Chris Pratt was more my issue. Because yep. Will, Fer- uh, Will Ferrell being his dad was not an issue for me. That's mm-hmm. fine. And yeah, it was, maybe it was because of the Taco Tuesday thing that I... Oh, uh, yeah, no, that makes total sense. I just... Because their mum, unseen, calls down. Yeah. And then their sister, unseen, gets mentioned. That's another thing. In the first Toy Story movie, um, which this one reminded me a lot of, by the way. Um, in the first Toy Story movie, at the end of it, the little sister gets born, right? Yeah. Or is that the second one? Oh I I can't remember. It's been Maybe a while. Maybe in since the first one them. they get the dog and in the second one the sister is born. Something like that. But the little sister, having a younger sister, is a sign of like of chaos and and, and terrible things happening in both of these movies. Like mm. and I was like, that's really odd. It's like that's, that's a really
0: th- odd trope. Mm. It's like that thing where you have a the similar kind of thing when you've got a teenage girl in the house where you have um poltergeists and bad things happening in your mm. house small toddler girls are the same, apparently. <laughs> the Duplo thing was really funny. That though. was so cute. That was a great ending. There you go. The pirate guy was Nick Offerman. Yeah, didn't you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, to be fair, Jelly leaned over halfway through and said,
0: by the way, the pirate guy is Nick Offerman. And I
1: hadn't worked it out, but then once I... I think the most exciting moment in the movie for me was when um the Millennium Falcon showed up for two seconds and all of them started talking and I realized that was really Anthony Daniels playing C-3PO. Mm-hmm. And then because i knew it wasn't Harrison Ford doing Han Solo i second guessed myself about lando mm-hmm. when he talked but that was also billy d williams and that was cool
0: i think and i'm going to start talking about things i liked about the movie now cuz i can't be bothered bitching about it anymore I, i that was the most exciting bit of the movie for me too when the millennium falcon showed up i was like oh my god it was super exciting and it also tied in really nicely with how star wars and lego uh, you know worked really well together in a great in terms of toys and that's why they are really beloved by children as well which was sweet wait now i forgot what i was going to say um yeah so that was one of my favorite bits as well although i really liked the pirate ship i really liked this the giant pirate made out of all sorts of random bits
1: channing Tatum played superman in this movie yeah channing
0: Tatum was superman and um
1: and Jake kobe smolders was wonder woman yeah, I and i thought
0: that would be awesome real life casting that would, that would that be really work. good one. Uh, but Seth Rogen, I think, played Green Lantern? Yeah.
1: No, and Jonah Hill. Jonah
0: Hill. Oh, I get them mixed up, those two. Uh, yeah, Jonah Hill played Green Lantern, who was awesome. How funny was Green Lantern? I loved all
1: that. That was pretty that funny. That was kind of cute. I actually thought Batman was really funny because I've come down recently f- firmly on the side that Batman's kind of a jerk and I don't like him very much. Oh, Batman was awesome. <laughs> and that's why Batman I liked was, him
0: so much. In yeah, this. Sending up Batman was perfect and getting um, Will Arnett to do it as well, when he's so well known for... Talking like this yeah and that was
1: perfect i really like that that's that a bat pun that like, was pretty funny was, i only work
0: in black this is or, real music or maybe dark gray <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that
0: was pretty great feelings i really, I really no parents that. and then the little superman green latin thing was really funny as well but as you say the wonder woman got this there was this great joke about the invisible jet
1: I thought maybe the kid's name would help me out, but oh yeah, the invisible joke joke, oh, yeah. joke was really funny. <laughs> Damn it! Were you trying to work out the kids? Um, yeah, the the actor is called Jaden Sand, which tells me nothing about his ethnicity. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't think it
0: matters really. Anyway,
1: um, yeah, I. What else oh, and I the
0: Gandalf like? uh, the Gandalf Dumbledore joke.
1: Yeah, that was The Gandalf, Dumbledore, uh, Morgan Freeman joke. You know who the best Mm. part of this whole movie was? I mean, Morgan Freeman was kind of sending himself up, but he was still just playing the magical Mm. Negro role, which was kind of frustrating, even though all the blind stuff was pretty hilarious. The best part of this movie was Liam Neeson. Yes! Yes! Liam Neeson played good cop, bad cop. It was so, so ridiculous and so funny that, like, there were tears in my eyes at some points when he was doing his thing. Like bad cop was was a lot like Ax Cop actually, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know he was working for the bad guy and he was chasing them everywhere and he had a flying car.
0: Yeah, well that <laughs> was that again. So that's gross. that whole thing. Like it sounds, it sounds like it could have been written by the made up by the kid playing yes, exactly. with it. It was great
1: actually. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Ax Cop in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was really br- brilliant. His but he was so like he was so game. Mm. In a way, like to make fun of himself mm. in this movie and it, it paid off. Yeah. Like he was really, really funny. Really funny in this movie. Mm. And the bit where he was where his parents got frozen was great. And when his his good cop face gets erased, you're just like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He draws on the creepy one and oh my god. Oh. He was he was my favourite. Like every time. He showed up. I was just like, yes, this guy, even though he was the bad guy and he was supposed to be putting the good guys in trouble, I was like, yay, more bad cop. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I liked the different sort of worlds and that sort of thing. I mean, it was really mm. – Yeah, I liked all that too because you sort of – its that, again, that's that kind of how kids view Lego, how adults view Lego. When
0: you're a kid – I don't know what your Lego was like when you were a kid, but we just had like, this big bucket of stuff. There was a bunch of baseboards and a whole heap of bricks and a whole heap of stuff, and we maybe had one or two sets that we like got at Christmas or something, mm. but most of it was just bricks mm. and baseboards and you just did your own thing. And for kids, a lot of their Lego is like that. It's often hand-me-downs, It's but and they have to kind of be creative, but they don't get a lot of dedicated sets when adults buy Lego. And the way you buy Lego in the store now, mostly – is through sets and things and, you know, you have different worlds. You've got the Middle Earth Lego and the Marvel Lego and the Lego Movie Lego and all that kind of stuff and you separate it into little worlds. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's what's so – the whole message about what a kid would do would be to pull bits from all of them and make cool, new, interesting things out of it.
1: But what an adult would do is like like to keep it all separate and neat. Not all kids. Some kids like it all separate and neat, and that's fine too. Yeah, that's that is. But <laughs> this kid was not like that. And, and Emmett was different, you know. And yeah. Emmett didn't represent anybody except the kid. Mm-hmm. So it, Chris Pratt was perfect for Emmett. That's he's just, that's the kind of role he's really good at. That very everyman, little kiddish, not quite grown up adult man. Oh, that f-ing song. Oh, yeah. They wrote a song for the movie that is intended to be the most generic, catchy pop song you can think of. And they sing it literally all day, and there's like six different versions of it in the movie. And three over the credits. Yeah, well, that I was including those. And then I came out of it, and every time I think about this movie, that song gets stuck in my head. You just said so it was every, and I was like, everything is awesome. Yes. yeah, That's exactly what yeah. it's like all the time. Yeah. It is always there. And I'm like, I hate I, it it does such a good job of doing its job in the movie, and I hate it so much. It's really annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's which makes it perfect for its job in the movie. Mm. But it also means that it's just so irritating. It's always in my it, head. It seems
0: like it's the basis of the whole score, too. You keep hearing it yeah. play
1: over and over again and it's just well, like ingrained. Because it's kind of like it's the theme for Emmett and for that. Mm world that's going on Mm -hmm. so it's like that is a theme in the score yeah basically
0: it's been in my head for months ever since the movie first came out and I first started seeing trailers for it
1: um I also thought the movie was surprisingly pretty (laughs) given that everything mm. was made out of lego? Oh, that actually that's something I want to talk about because I I saw an
0: interview recently with some some of the animators that it's basically stop motion. It's all done on computers and 3D rendered mm. and stuff. It's not real, but it looks like a, and and it could conceivably have been made out of real bricks.
1: Like when Bad Cop rides the horse into the into the sal- saloon and it's like a real lego horse so it sort of goes like doesn't move yeah and everybody none of the legs move just like <laughs> well and um
0: <laughs> made me laugh really president hard business can say stuff like i need to see bad cop in my office in 23 seconds because it works like lego you can move the characters around just yeah. and move them into offices but i uh, I really like whenever they're in, in water there's a bit and there's even a bit of i think uh emmett taking a shower and the water is the little yeah. Tiny blue things that represent water in Lego and, and then suds, soap suds are like the little white ones <laughs> yeah. and they, they fill up the space. So yeah. if you, you're in water, it takes over the space, which is like what real Lego does. That was in. Incredibly clever. That sort of stop motion looks like and feels like real Lego stuff. Yeah. And when you zoomed in really close on the characters' faces or on any little piece of Lego, you could see all the little scratches and marks mm. that come with having been played with and
1: just been out of the box. Love that stuff. Love. With regards to that, I, I, have you played any of the Lego video games? No. Because I played two of them. I've played the Lego Star Wars game and the Lego Marvel one. Yep. And um. It's interesting because I started noticing that in those, and and especially in worlds that you already know, it becomes really interesting mm. to see how they represent the the like Star Wars sets mm. entirely out of Lego, yeah. Or like uh in the Marvel one, you've got the Helicarrier entire entirely mm. out of Lego, so it makes it really really interesting and really funny. And like when they get broken, they get broken in Lego ways, like the cars when they hit things. The windshield breaks off and it's got the little circle bits mm. showing and stuff like that. It's really, really this, um, fun. This set that's sitting
0: next to me here, I know this won't
1: help listeners, but I have next
0: to me an, uh, a set that is Iron Man's like house. And it's designed to be when in, in Iron Man 3 his house gets attacked by the helicopter and blows up. And it's got a mechanism in it where there's like a little lever on the side which you push it up and it explodes. <laughs> oh, I just banged the microphone stand. Good job. Uh, and it explodes. And it's got yes, yeah, so it's got this little lever on the side and you flick it, and the whole house ex- the the uh Iron Man's I don't want to say dungeon, like his workroom, the downstairs mm-hmm. bit it starts Basement? to explode. Basement. It starts to explode in very Lego y ways. I love that. Yeah. It's very clever and cute.
1: Yeah. All of that stuff. I mean, I think Lego are very, very clever in a lot of ways. I don't like the recent sexualization of Lego where it's split into girl bits and boy bits. Mm. Very, very frustrating. It's sort of the way a lot of things have gone recently. Mm. And the movie kind of does that too. I can see that they're trying not to do that with Wild Style, but they're failing very badly. Well,
0: it makes it seem like Lego is a boy's toy.
1: Yeah. And the, the
0: girls are there to help the boys' stories along.
1: Yeah. The girls can play with Duplo mm. and make animals and make Unikitty. Mm. Yeah. That's how – and it's it's actually like Axe Cop, now that I'm thinking about it, where – um. He just didn't think – the little boy didn't think of any girl things. But then somebody wrote in, why don't you have any girl characters? And then he invented, like, a little fairy who flies in bad guys' noses and then punches them out from the inside. Mm. And that's, like, his idea of what girls – and, I mean, she's a great character, but it's this very narrow idea of what girls like and what girls are. Uh, Yeah. And, and of course, there is a way of looking at that
0: as in that's what an 8-year-old boy or however old he is would write a girl but, but then, but then that's, that's really that's a disturbing. reflection
1: that's a reflection of like society and culture that like that's all they have exposure to girls being like and mm. liking and being interested in and so that's how they think of them that
0: was sort of the stuff that annoyed me that there is there is one like human woman like human in the in the lego sense of it and otherwise Two.
1: who's the other one Wonder Woman
0: All oh, right yes I'm Wonder Woman for like 3 seconds and then Unikitty who is female and then that's it. That's, there's nobody else. The, fe- mm-hmm. the male characters outnumber the female by like I
1: would say ten to one or more. Probably. I think there was there were a couple of other female ones in the in the master builders, but then there were a lot of more male ones. So yeah. And you don't even see the mother. That annoyed me. Mm. The yeah. disembodied disemb- uh, disembodied well that, that upset disembodied mother of, of dad
0: mother. dad has time to hang out and play Lego and set up this huge Lego basement. Mum's cooking dinner. Like, mum's mm-hmm. doing all the housework and taking care of everybody so that dad can have his hobbies. That really that, shat that's, me. That's what it's like. Anyway, I, and I I just, I think the thing is, I'd expected more. Everyone loved this movie so much and i would heard so many good things about it that I just kind of, I was a little bit upset that it didn't quite live up to how many other people had really enjoyed it. And so, for example, one of the people who really, really loved this was Gail Simone, the comic book writer. Mm. She, she's on Twitter and she's a big Lego fan. and. She, for listeners who don't know who she is, she's best known for writing Wonder Woman, but she's also written for Deadpool. She's about to start writing for Wolverine. She's a really well known comic book writer, and she invented the term that we use all the time on this show, fridging, where a female character is killed to further a man's story. Mm. Now, uh, she's an excellent writer and a big Lego fan, a big comics fan, and she adored this movie and went on and on about it when it first came out. And so I'd gotten these ex- really high expectations because she's got fairly good taste in good entertainment that's generally not too sexist.
1: Yeah, I didn't have f- expectations at first. At first, when I heard about it, I was like, really? A movie made out of Lego? Okay. And then... <laughs> Which shows... I mean, this is the thing, I think, is that I'm so involved in, like, kid worlds just with my jobs and stuff. Mm. And so I knew all about Lego movies. Like, I've seen other Lego movies. So I kind of came into this from a different perspective, I guess, because I thought wow this must be so much better than the other ones if it's going so well because the other ones i've seen are terrible mm.
0: yeah i just and yeah of course i'm not involved in kid World, but i knew lego was cool i just i think when i first heard that there was going to be a movie i was like yeah cool that'd be nice and i didn't really care about it but then when it came out and people started raving about how good it was i was like okay well I'm out, it might be worth checking out and i mean it, it probably still is worth checking out as far as kids movies go it's really good and it is conveniently released during the school holidays if you need something to do to take your kids to. There are plenty of times during the day where you can go and see it with them, and they don't, and I don't think they get, are going to get too bored. The kids that were in my session were extremely well behaved and like didn't really get bored until very close to the end. Mm. So it it's is a little bit too long, I think. Yeah, I think that that was a, the indication to me that it was too long is when the kids started getting bored. Mm. Otherwise, though, it is a really good movie for kids.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I, I just like that it's so. Um, I like the creativity, not just the theme of creativity, but also the actual creativity that goes into it. Mm. And the thing is, the if since it's the same director directors as Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, all they're showing in this movie is their continued sexism. Yeah, <laughs> because Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs had exactly, if I if I recall correctly, the second one exactly the same problem and the only the second one. They they were working on this film by the time
0: they directed the first one. That's why the second cloudy movie has different directors because these guys got um,
1: poached to do the Lego movie after they did that one. Well, the first one doesn't have exactly the same female roles, whereas the second one is literally a love interest and... A female animal character, uh, a talking female animal yeah. character, mm-hmm. and this one is the, the Movie is the same, right? Uh, but the it, first one even only has one, right? The first character. one still had, yeah, sexism problems.
0: I I totally thought you were going to say the other thing, which I noticed is uh, that distinctive visual style. It is super colourful, super mm. bright, and they really move the ca- kid friendly. They really move the camera around. I think I'm glad I saw it in 2D to be honest, because if I'd seen it in 3D, I might have gotten uh, motion sick. Mm. The way the camera just is always the camera is always moving. There's always something going on, except for when the human stuff happens. Mm. And then, and I suppose again, that's to keep the kids interested and visually engaged and using the whole screen. And I'm sure in
1: 3D, it's probably got things that fly at you. And I think that's also because that's kind of the way the kids see the world. And then I feel like everything slows down at that point because he's in trouble. Yep. And when kids are in trouble, the world seems to go in slow motion. Suddenly, everything goes quiet, and you're like, "Oh crap!" And then you're stuck in that moment forever. Yeah, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that I think that it was interesting the way they portrayed the dad character because he's not really a bad guy. No. And then he realizes that his kid is seeing them, him as a bad guy, and he feels really bad about it. Yeah. Was it so? That was great. I liked that. Yeah, that was a good little like lesson for the parents in the <laughs> audience, or so the was adult geeks. To be f- actually I think it's more for the adult geeks than the parents in the audience. Because partly because of that they're the parents who are taking their kids to go see a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah, I think um adult geeks can be very entitled a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Are we done? Is that half an hour? Yeah, it's half an hour. Good. Now we can talk about cap. Um, do we want to uh, oh, give rate, ratings? Rate.
0: Um yes, let's give ratings. Uh three and a half from me. I gave it four stars. Good-o. Thanks very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read our show notes or find old episodes or anything else, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are at screen underscore queens. We're on Facebook. You can like our page there. And we are at tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com over on Tumblr. If you want to read Katie's blog, that is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. .com and you can find a review of the Lego movie and many, many, many others. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.